Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Genuine diamonds, baby. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everybody. 807 already in a tremendously busy morning. Hour two of the program on this Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy. Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their Christmas sale continues at 2120 Whitten Road, just north of I-40. Currently sunny and 34 degrees. Showers are possible this morning. Partly cloudy this afternoon, but a high getting up to 60. Then tonight, cold with a low of 39 degrees. Second hour of the program brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. I'll tell you more about that in just a few moments, but it is Tuesday. It's time for Humdinger's Trivia. That's right. Every Tuesday, it's Humdinger's Trivia, and every Tuesday, it's Taco Tuesday at Humdinger's. That means their chicken and fish tacos are just $2 each all day, each and every Tuesday, so you could go enjoy some of those at a great price. Of course, uh, other than the tacos, all kinds of other great options on that menu. Many different types of grilled fish options that you could choose from, um, including some great toppings and great sides as well. Uh, you've also got the crispy fish and chips and the new specials on that each and every Friday. That you can get a great deal there. You've got the humdinger shrimp, uh, which is a fantastic little uh, appetizer, or some people eat that as their full meal. You could just throw a skewer and shrimp, uh, skewer of shrimp on there with maybe one of those grilled fish options. You got plenty of chicken items on the menu as well, salads, sandwiches, all kinds of fantastic stuff over at Humdinger's, located at Poplar and Massey and the shopping center. They're kind of in the back corner of the shopping center. That's where you'll find Humdinger's. That's where you're going to find all that delicious food. You could also find it maybe at a holiday party or something. If you need a catering done, talk to the folks at Humdinger's. They could certainly take care of you when it comes to catering any party that you have. They will take care of that. If you are the first to answer today's trivia question correctly, well, then you'll get a $25 gift certificate to Humdinger's, and you can answer via text 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. Text in those answers, and again, the first correct answer will get a $25 gift certificate to Humdinger's. And here is today's question. Last night, Jaron Jackson Jr., had a big night for the Memphis Grizzlies as he went for 41 points. It was his third career 40-point game for the Grizzlies. What other players have had multiple 40-point games in a Grizzlies uniform? Which other Grizzlies players have had multiple 40-point games? And I will give you the clue. There are three of them. Okay, so there needs to be three names on your answer. There are three guys, other than Jaron, who have had multiple 40-point games in a Grizzlies uniform. 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. First correct answer gets that $25 gift certificate to Hubdingers. And just to finish up a little house cleaning before we get back into the breaking news of the morning, five favorite things for tomorrow. Your five favorite mobster movies but it could be more than just the mafia it could be the cartel whatever you want i'm a little lenient as far as that's concerned so five favorite mobster movies uh for tomorrow's five favorite things the breaking news in the last hour has been according to several reports the commitment of naquan tomlin to the university of memphis who is graduating from kansas state 
He is a midseason transfer. He was at the Grizzlies game last night as he was being entertained by the University of Memphis. He was just released recently by Kansas State. He was suspended for the start of this season and then subsequently released for uh, an incident uh, at a bar. But as Eli said uh, towards the end of the first hour, and there's a lot of stories out there about possibly uh, you know numerous things that uh, occurred to make the decision to release this player who is a talented player, six foot ten big man, who averaged last year ten point four points per game, five point nine rebounds per game. Again, the particulars don't know everything about when he would be eligible to play and all that good stuff, but we know that Memphis is uh, getting ready to entertain nationally ranked, in fact, 13th ranked Clemson on Saturday. They got some big non-conference games to close out the month of December, and then it's all about the conference and getting ready for the NCAA tournament. Uh, David Jones, by the way, yesterday named the American Conference Player of the Week, and if you are bringing in a six foot ten center, and you already have a Malcolm Dantridge, it tells you at least it tells me that the days seem to be numbered for Jordan Brown, and maybe that report that did come out that has not been substantiated by anyone other than the original the original reporter was that Jordan Brown was done for the year. And Coach Hardaway on Sunday after the win at Texas A&M said as far as he knew, it was still an illness. It does not seem like that maybe is the case. Again, you're bringing in a guy like this, who I would assume just has this one final year of eligibility left as he's a graduate, then it does appear that Jordan Brown's days would be numbered. So it's huge news for the University of Memphis. It's very interesting news, to say the least, because this is a kid, again, who was just kicked off the team. Yeah, again, I don't you know. Who knows what all those circumstances were? Kansas State felt uh, that that was the way to go um, with him, but uh, I'm assuming that... Penny and the folks at the University of Memphis have uh, done their due diligence as far as all that is concerned um, and feel comfortable with him coming in here. You know, a lot of people have said that you know he's he fits kind of better what the Tigers want to do than what Jordan Brown does. Certainly the Tigers want to get up and down the court, um, which I don't think suits Jordan Brown uh, all that well. So um, obviously he was part of a Kansas State team that made a nice run last year in the NCAA tournament. He was very good in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, good numbers overall. So certainly it would appear to be a guy that can come in and help right away as soon as he is eligible and how quickly that process can happen. I don't know how that works exactly and how quickly a guy can be enrolled and satisfy all those things. Um, But yeah, I mean, he could be playing here, I guess, in the very near future. Yeah, we have Jeff Crane coming on at 825, but again, unless the school makes it official, I don't know what he can say, but maybe he can give us just the details of a student athlete and eligibility and when they can play and that kind of stuff. Again, information that uh, I, uh, I'm not privy to, but uh, uh, maybe he can shed some light as far as that's concerned. Adam Zagoria, friend of the show, who covers the collegiate scene and recruiting in the New York area says nice get for Memphis basketball as um, Tomlin comes from the New York area in fact from Harlem in the tournament run for Kansas State he averaged 12 and a half points five rebounds and two blocks a game a very active defensive player and a guy who can score the basketball down low so 
Again, very interesting turn of events here as far as the big man is concerned for the University of Memphis. If you want to chime in, 360-8255, 901-360-8255. Melvin is first. Hi, Melvin. Hey, good morning, y'all. Good morning. Yeah. Okay, like Eli, like we all remember watching Kansas State, but we were just like focused on the guard. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't just remember. So, you know, so I went back looking at some highlight, boy. He, he, he kind of similar to like a more athletic DeAndre Williams, but I'm seeing reports, some saying, I see like Mar saying like, you know, you got to dot the I's and T's for all the paperwork. And he'll be able to soon. And I think some people saying it'll be like a conference call, like in January. So, I, like I said, I don't know how that, this situation go. He hadn't played a game and he graduated, so I thought he was like automatic eligible. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Melvin. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I what what everything I've read so far is, I don't know if he's graduated yet, officially gotten his diploma. Has that happened yet, or is it happening next week? Well, I don't know what I don't know what their school, whatever their semester ends. A lot of schools are already done, so I would assume these probably already most are done at this point. I think that some, but some are taking finals this week, so I don't know what Kansas State's calendar is. I would assume that uh, he's not taking finals this week since he was in the University of Memphis last yesterday. Yeah, I would think that. Um, I don't even know when he can actually practice with the team. I can't imagine that you're just going to insert this guy right away. I mean, you have to, first of all, get him, get him eligible, right? As, as Melvin said, got to dot the I's, cross the T's, get that all official. Then get acclimated with the new teammates, practice, figure out how he works into the whole system. You don't want to uproot a whole system that has already been implemented and you're playing incredibly well. You just want to add you want to add to that, and that's what they'll do. So you got Clemson on Saturday. That's not going to happen. You have Virginia next Tuesday. You got Vanderbilt coming up before Christmas. Austin P on the 30th, and then you turn into conference play after the 1st of January. My guess would be that if everything goes according to plan, maybe Austin P to get an opportunity to, to get your feet wet. Before conference play begins, I, I can't imagine that he's going to be rushed into anything, especially again with you don't want to chance uh, chemistry with the team and, and mess that up right now. I mean, there's there's a need for a big man. If, if Jordan Brown is indeed gone, there's a need for a big man. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they rush him onto the court. Well, you have Dandridge, and that's a good thing to have is is to have that guy. Um, available to you, whether it's a backup role or whether it's a starting role. And he started in the game at Texas A&M with no Jordan Brown. But again, we have not heard word one from Penny on the Jordan Brown situation. I'm sure we will get more clarity coming up when they have the next media availability sometime this week leading up to the Clemson game. A couple people say that they had their graduation on Saturday. So he graduated that he, on Saturday. That he just graduated? Okay. So that's step one. Graduation, boom, now eligible. He can play immediately because he is now a graduate transfer. So once again, he becomes enrolled in Memphis classes. And again, the semester is winding down, if not wrapped up for the University of Memphis Act. Do you have any idea if the semester is, I know you're done, but when the semester finishes up for Memphis? Yes, uh, right now there it's exam time. Right? So it's exam week for that. Exam. So yeah. It's also either been finals last now. week or finals this week. Yeah. Okay. So again, I don't know. Technically, we'll we'll talk to Jeff Crane about that as far as when a student athlete 
can become eligible at the end of a semester? <clears throat> Do they have to wait through the end of the exams once the semester is done and then he joins for the second semester technically? I would imagine that that's the case, but we'll try to get some clarification on that. Keith is dialed in. Hi, Keith. Hey. Hey. Back, Eli. How are you? How y'all doing? Good. Greg? All right. So, all right. So, the three still concern me. I mean, you know, they do. And and Memphis got hot against Texas A&M. But they do have a lockdown defense. But I still say the missing piece is the big man down low. Every team that wins a national champ has a big man down low. You're preaching I to mean, the choir. Every, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that that's all I want to say. All right, Keith, thank you very much. Yeah, if uh, you listen to our show, I've been pretty adamant about the big man, and that's why they went out and they got Jordan Brown, right? They figured they had that situation settled. Unfortunately, Jordan Brown has not played the way they expected him to play or that we expected him to play. Um, a passive Jordan Brown, a guy that big, you expect him to be more aggressive uh, he was not, whatever the case was. And whether or not he was legitimately sick, he did not go to VCU. He did not travel with the team to Richmond. And he was not with the team at Texas A&M. Again, Malco has done an admirable job. But you can't depend on Malco to go 30 minutes every game with the knees and the history and the motor that's not always revved up to the full capacity. But at times, he has played spectacularly. And he has done a really good job. He fouled out, unfortunately, in what was it, 12 minutes against AM? Got seven boards during the time he was in there, but he fouled out. So to bring in a guy like this kid who can play both ends and can give you a lot more offensively, it's it's a coup. It's it's certainly a feather in the cap for Penny Hardaway to be able to turn that kid uh into a tiger that quickly, again, according to reports, after just being released from Kansas State and just jumping into the portal where a lot of schools looked in. Now, there's probably schools that looked at him and said, eh, I don't know, he comes with some baggage, we're not going to go in that direction. But other schools, and I'm sure there's been numerous amounts that have reached out to him that certainly wanted to uh, take a look at the kid. And and Penny has not shied away from, from some kids that have had some situations in their past and is willing to give the second and third chances and i i admire that i really do from penny hardaway if anybody can can get you straightened out it's it's coach hardaway there's no question about it uh sean texted says does former tiger deputy 80 adam walker get an assist for getting the kansas state transfer that's a interesting point yes adam walker friend of the show now at kansas state we do have a correct answer in our Humdinger's trivia. The question was, along with Jaron Jackson Jr., who last night got his third 40-plus point game, which other Grizzlies have had forty multiple 40-point games. And that's in their Grizzlies career. And I've told you that there were three of them. And yet some people only gave me two names. It's, it's really bad. And I, I mean... You can't be right if you don't have the same amount of names as I tell you to put in then. If I tell you there's got to be three names and you only put two, that's just you're you're wasting your own time because that literally cannot be correct. No matter how hard you try, 
that can't be correct when I tell you you have to have three names and you only have two. But nonetheless, the three guys, obviously we know Ja. Ja has had the most. Ja has eight 40-point games as a Grizzly. The other two only have two. So Jaron has the second most 40-point games now of any Grizzly with his third. There are two other guys with two each. Do you know who they are? I know one is Zebo. That would be incorrect. Wow, Powell. that's crazy. Powell is one of them. I don't think Zebo has a 40-point game as a Grizzly. The other name the other name is Mike Miller? Mike Miller. Yeah. Ja, Powell, and Mike Miller are the three guys who have multiple. Again, Powell and Mike each have two. Ja has eight. Jaron has three. Yeah, I don't believe I don't believe Zebo has a four. It's funny if you look at 40-point games. I don't think because Zebo has them for other teams, but I don't think he had one as a Grizzly. But yet Kenneth Lofton Jr. does. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to believe. <laughs> so it's it's a little bit bizarre. But anyway, so Zach, I do need a tiebreaker from you. I'll make it easy on you this week. I'll just go one, two, or three. Two. All right. We will be notifying our winner. Let you know how you're going to get your $25 gift certificate to Humdingers. Second hour of the program brought to you each and every day by James Gaddis Jewelers. They are your family's jeweler at 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick and on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. Christmas is rapidly approaching. 13 more days. Get something special for a special uh, loved one in your life or multiple loved ones in your life. It's because everybody loves jewelry, whether it's watches of all types, rings of all styles, gemstones and bracelets, necklaces and earrings, pendants and so much more. Plus, that one-of-a-kind estate and vintage jewelry that they're always adding to their collection. You may want to go with a family heirloom and get it customized for a whole new look. They can do that at James Gaddis Jewelers. Just head on over there and see what they can do for you. Plus, if you're looking to pop the question over the holidays, they are your bridal engagement and anniversary jeweler headquarters. All their diamonds are independently graded and certified. They know there's a lot of competition, which there is, so they make sure they have a price point to suit everyone's budget. Whether it's a beautiful engagement ring, a watch of any type, or any of their great jewelry, it's James Gaddis Jewelers, 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick, on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. When we come back, Jeff Crane from the University of Memphis. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a busy Tuesday morning. Still to come, Zoe Goodson will join us. Aaron Torres from Fox Sports. We haven't even touched on uh, Monday Night Football. The two games last night, both down to the wire. And uh, the news from Shohei Otani's contract, what will take place as far as the Dodgers. They make out like Bandit get a great player, and uh, it uh, it won't crush them as far as the finances are concerned. But... We got some awesome, some uh, big news from the University of Memphis. News, though, that more than likely Jeff Crane can't talk specifically about, but we got a lot of things to talk to him about. He's next. Jeff Crane from the University of Memphis. It's time to talk Memphis Tigers athletics. 
Joining Greg and Eli is University of Memphis Deputy Athletics Director Jeff Crane. Here's Jeff with Greg and Eli. It is always great to talk University of Memphis Athletics with our friend Jeff Crane, who's the U- University of Memphis Deputy AD. You can follow him on Twitter at jcrane75. Hello, Jeff. Good morning, guys. Where are you in a train? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not. But let me let me uh, let me get on on a better uh, connection. Hang on a second. We got you. No problems there. How about, how about that? That sounds a go. lot better. There we go. Jeff, I'm going to hit you with a hypothetical, okay? I, we just we need clarification how it works. So a, a student athlete is a midseason transfer. What happens? When are they eligible? All that good stuff. What are the details? Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> there's, there's so many things that almost seem to be unprecedented. This, uh, this could be nearing one of those. Um, but it, it's it's really hard to say because there's so many factors that, that come into play that are individualized. So, you know, we're we're working through all all scenarios and and you know the university decision, the NCAs involved. There's 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 lots of uh, of, of hands in that pot when these sort of things pop up. Uh, so so time time will tell. Uh, but it's it's really hard to say. You know, kind of what step one through five is because. Uh, this is this is something that's uh, that's new in every circumstance. Is different. So the so the NCAA is involved in in a, in a hypothetical situation like uh, what we're kind of describing. Yeah, I mean it's not uncommon for for us to to have conversations with the conference and the NCA about about various scenarios uh, to to better understand what the implications are and, and how uh, this this may play out. Um, you know, just kind of getting getting some some counsel along the way, uh, something that that we we commonly do on on uh, various issues that that pop up within the department. Theoretically, if these things could get done quickly, like they you could be immediately eligible. They like you don't have to wait till like they're in class at the University of Memphis to be able to 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 be eligible. Correct. You know, typically, uh, typically you've got to be enrolled in school in, in order to be um, eligible uh, to, to be on a roster. So I would I would expect that to be the same um, in in all circumstances. But you know, as, as we've learned, uh, especially over the last several years, uh, anything is possible. And so you know, we'll we'll vet every possible scenario. But under under most circumstances, you've got to be enrolled in school yeah. in order to be on a roster. Yeah, I mean. I understand enroll, but hey, here, like classes don't have to start for the next semester and then actually be going to class. Oh, uh, no, that's correct. Yeah, that that yeah. is correct. You don't you don't necessarily what, have to actually be in a classroom yet. That once, is correct. Once you're actually enrolled, you could theoretically be eligible. Right, there you go. That's that, good. That's, that's yeah. That's good clarification. So the classes don't have to have have started as long as you're officially enrolled in classes, even though the classes may be three weeks from now or a month from now. You're fine. In that scenario. That is correct. Yeah, I mean, we see that we see that happen. You know, we have we have student athletes that come in in the summer and, mm-hmm. and start working out in various sports, and and they may they may not uh, start class until yeah. uh, some point later in the fall or, or what have you. So, uh, not, not terribly uncommon there. When a coach has a player that they're looking at, a student athlete that they're looking at, whether it be a transfer or what have you. Um, how does the process work, especially with the player that um, 
is a transfer in this in, in a situation, a hypothetical situation. How do they deal the coaches with you guys specifically? When I say you guys, I'm talking about Laird yourself and the administrators, as far as all that's concerned. Also, uh, to making sure there's eligibility and things of that. You know, what what type of process do we have here? Yeah, yeah. You know, we have a um, as I've mentioned on the call before, we have a sport administrator that works with each each one of our sports. And there's daily communication between the coaching staff and that sport administrator on on a number of issues, and this would be be one of those. Um, you know, we're working through very similar conversations with football uh, this time of year with the transfer portal, um, and, and we're talking about various scenarios. And coaches are communicating to us uh, various uh, possibilities and and uh, and potential concerns that they may have, and uh, we'll bring Laird into that conversation as. As necessary, we bring our in-state compliance officers into the conversation and, and perhaps others uh, at the university. We have an awesome team of, of folks that we work with from admissions to the dean of students office to uh, on down the line. Uh, it's not uncommon for us to, to bring a number of folks to the table uh, depending on the situation. In a situation where there can, where there may be some sort of legal stuff from that past, ultimately, whose decision is it to whether that player is going to be allowed to come in and play? Yeah, there's a there's a process that the University of Memphis uh, has in place, uh, as as does every university uh, that that I can can think of or imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, there's a committee of folks that, that review uh, an application and, and looking at backgrounds, etc., to ultimately determine if that student can be enrolled at the university, and that's and that's the case for for any student, uh, not yeah. not necessarily just student athletes. So uh, there's a process that the university goes through to kind of arrive at that decision. It has been a, about a month since the. Memphis men's basketball team has played a home game, and there are some big ones coming up starting on Saturday with nationally ranked Clemson. Team coming off a huge win over a nationally ranked team in Texas A&M on Sunday, so I'm sure there's uh, a, a lot of excited people, not only here at uh, in the city, but obviously over at the university for these games that are coming up here in the month of December. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, later uh, today we're going to send out a map uh, to FedEx Forum <laughs> for everybody so they can remember how to get there because it's been, <laughs> it's been a little while uh, because uh, it just feels like we haven't been at home in, in quite some time, as you had mentioned. But, but yeah, I mean, we've we've got big-time basketball coming to, to FedEx Forum over the next week. I mean, you, you can't – it does not get any better than two out of the next three games against top 25 opponents huge opportunity for our program to take a, a, a big step in the right direction and continue the momentum that, that we have. And uh, In the next 30 minutes, in fact, we're going to be uh, launching a, a special for the Clemson and Virginia games. Uh, just for 48 hours, you can get 50% off of club seats um, for for those those two games. So we're trying to close out uh, the, the sales for, for Clemson and Virginia. They're both selling extremely strong uh clemson uh we we believe is going to be one of the biggest crowds we've seen in the last probably two years so uh implore everybody to get there we 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 need you uh this is a number number 13 team in the country that we're going to be facing uh on saturday and 
uh, it's not nationally televised. The only way you can watch that game is on ESPN Plus, which is a great option, but an even better option is to be right there in FedEx Forum. The um, so you said that the ticket thing that's coming out in the next half hour. Yep, it'll uh, it'll launch at nine o'clock on our website, GoTigersGo.com. Fifty uh, percent off of club seats wow. for Clemson and Virginia um, for the next forty-eight hours only. So the you mentioned, can you in other places you've been? Like it is, it seems like it is very strange to essentially, especially this early, like or but really any point to have basically a month in between home games. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes the, the schedule just falls that that way. Uh, it, it definitely is uh, uncommon and probably not not preferred if you were uh, <laughs> if you were to ask Coach Hardaway. I'm sure, um, but uh, but you know, I, I think you also look at uh, this time of year and uh, folks got have a little extra time potentially on their hands as the holidays approach and kids are out of school and those sort of opportunities. So uh, we do expect big crowds uh, over over the next week uh, for these games. So if you were going to draw it up and, and try to have these games on certain times, having them on Saturday afternoons uh, like we do over the next couple Saturdays is, is a big opportunity. And having them coming off of a win over a ranked team on the road to kind of build some excitement, that also helps. No question about it. Uh, we, uh, you know, to, to go into a place like Texas A&M that is a difficult place to play, and 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 win that game like we did, uh, just 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 great for our program and, and excited and uh, for for the effort that they've put in and, and getting that reward uh, there in College Station on Sunday. Yeah, if you're not excited now, I don't know when you're going to be excited because this is a perfect opportunity. You're playing well. You got the big win on the road, and now you got as you mentioned back to back nationally ranked teams coming in. There was also the story yesterday, it was reported that the Tigers will play at San Francisco next year as they'll go out and play the Dons and then continue and travel on to Maui to play in the Maui Classic. Yeah, you know, it's um, our, our program is a, is a national brand. There's no question about it. And so uh, we, we field calls uh, frequently of opportunities uh, to to play in in all parts of the country against great opponents, and so uh, we're really uh, thankful for those opportunities. and And Maui is a is obviously one of the the best uh, in the country in terms of, of competition, etc. Just like Battle for Atlantis was. So uh, you know, lots of basketball to be played between now and then. But uh, we're looking forward to to, to more big time basketball next season. So I would assume that you guys are contacted often about these big tournaments during the holiday because you play in one every year so i'm sure you're not calling them they're calling you yeah there's no doubt uh they they absolutely uh, call us uh, in fact I, I think we've got the next uh three years already already booked out so um you know that's a great position to to be in and and uh we we're we're thankful to to be in it all right, a little football, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go on this uh, busy Tuesday morning. A lot of things going on. Uh, obviously, the the timing of everything is just weird. You have players that are jumping in the portal that won't play in the bowl game. Other players that are being pursued by uh, Coach Silverfield and his staff. You got uh, a coach that has left the team. I, I don't know if you were the the czar of all collegiate sports, uh, how you would have the calendar work, but it just. 
it, it doesn't feel right. I know there's a lot of excitement, though, about the game and Memphis getting a chance to play a Big 12 team. But just uh, everything that's going on, it seems like almost the bowl game is, is secondary to a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, it. it uh, you know, I think you said it best. It just doesn't feel right. The, the calendar this time of year from a football perspective just doesn't flow. Uh, and it really doesn't work for anybody. I think that's I think that's the the, the ultimate message. The the prospective student athletes don't like it. The current student athletes don't like it. The coaches don't like it. Uh, I can tell you for sure the administrators don't like it. So, <laughs> so at some point, um, it, you know, it feels like the calendar is going to going to shift a bit uh, because it just doesn't doesn't quite flow right. But uh, to your point about the bowl game, uh, we couldn't be more excited to play at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl on, on December 29th. You know, we, we are uh, constantly looking for opportunities to play Power 5 programs at home, and, and we're getting that opportunity on, on that day. So uh, the chance to win 10 games for, I think, the only only the fourth time mm-hmm. in school history and do it right there at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium is, is a huge opportunity. Uh, we're selling thousands of tickets, and, and we – uh, need that place to be full of blue because, as we know, uh, from 2017, Iowa State travels really well. So uh, we want to make sure that, uh, that the Tigers are, are, are well represented. One other thing I wanted to throw out before we go, though, speaking of, of an opportunity for the Tigers to be well represented, we've got Mississippi State coming in on Sunday to play mm-hmm. our women's program in Elmer Field Fieldhouse. So uh, they're just outside the top 25, uh, Mississippi State is, and uh, we expect a lot of bulldogs in in Elmer Field Fieldhouse on on Sunday, and and, uh, and I want to see a lot of blue there as well. Yeah, Memphis picked up a great win over previously unbeaten Southern Miss. A game I was able to broadcast on Saturday it was a really good win. So um, they're playing well. Their record may say four and six, but I think they're more like a seven and three, maybe even an eight and two team. So that should be a lot of fun on Sunday. Next week, also, I want to get your thoughts on Michael Resco's big announcement. We just uh, plumb out of time right now. But, Jeff, as always, thank you so much. Always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Go Tigers, go. He's Jeff Crane, University of Memphis Deputy AD. Well, folks, if you are heading down to the Tiger game on Saturday and maybe you want to hang around a little bit afterwards, you could do a city brew tour that night. Afterwards, a 6 o'clock tour they do on Saturday. They do at noon and 6 on Saturdays. They do 6 o'clock Thursday, 6 o'clock Friday. They also do Sunday afternoon tours as well. That's city brew tours. And what it is is they take you. uh, You'll go visit three different local breweries, get a chance to tour the brewery, see all the different things, learn about the beer-making process, learn about the different types of beer, and then the best of all, you get to sample their beers. That's what it's, that's that's the really the that's the key part here is you get to sample those beers at each one of the breweries. Plus, the folks at City Brew Tours have snacks and food for you to munch on throughout it. They're taking you from brewery to brewery, so you drink, they drive, works out very well. You leave from the Peabody downtown to go on these City Brew Tours. It makes a great uh, idea for you to to go out just for have a, a good night, good time out with some friends, or maybe a date night, but also, if you've got a big party, maybe a bachelor party, maybe a birthday party, bachelorette, whatever, maybe it's a work outing, you could do private tours with big groups that they can take care of you as well. Also, makes a great holiday gift idea for somebody out there. A little something different. If you got a beer lover on that holiday list, this is a little something different that they are certainly going to enjoy. Go to citybrewtours.com slash Memphis. That's citybrewtours.com slash Memphis. Some of you out there may have done this in other cities. Well, it's now here in Memphis. And of course, we've got some great 
local breweries making some great local beer. Again, they do it for Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday afternoon, sun, uh, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. I'm going to be doing it on Saturday. Looking forward to it with City Brew Tours. All right, when we come back, uh, there were a few folks who wanted to uh, chime in on the Memphis basketball news. We'll try to get to your calls here to wrap up hour number two. Hour three, we're busy. Zoe Goodson will join us from Rhodes and Aaron Torres on Fox Sports Radio. He does a great job covering college basketball. We'll certainly get his thoughts on the uh, Tomlin news uh, as Naquan Tom, uh, Tomlin has committed to the University of Memphis, according to several reports. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Back to Sports 56 Mornings. Isn't it a lovely morning? On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. If you are just tuning in, Naquan Tomlin, according to reports, committing to the University of Memphis. He was with Kansas State, but suspended throughout the start of this season. Six foot ten big man who was terrific for Kansas State in their NCAA tournament run. Uh, not a ton of details, but that's what we know. And again, I think this kind of puts the whole Jordan Brown status in limbo, as there was the report several days ago that Brown will not play again for the University of Memphis. Petty Hardaway, though, has continued to say that he's been out ill as far as he knows. I'm sure we'll get more clarification in the coming days. Grizzlies, a loser last night to the Mavericks, 120-113. They fall to 6-16, and 1-10 at home. They'll play at Houston tomorrow night, then host Houston on Friday. We were talking about what may happen with Bismack Biombo and Jalen Noel. This is a tweet from Chris Harrington, who covers the Grizzlies for the Daily Memphian, and this is kind of what we were alluding to earlier. He said, under the radar, last night was probably Jalen Noel's last home game for the Grizzlies. Tomorrow night in Houston will be the last game on his current 10-day. The second half DNP last night seems to suggest they won't move mountains or Laravias <laughs> to keep him. I think that'll be the case, uh, as you and I both discussed. And as far as Biombo, thought it was going to be a given that they'll keep him. I still think they will and let go Kenneth Lofton Jr., but that is far from an absolute. Uh, also in the NBA last night, the streaks continue, Eli. The Pistons lose to Indiana 131-123. to they have lost 20 straight, and San Antonio loses to Houston 93-82. They have lost a club record 17 straight games. So the two have combined for 37 straight losses. It's rough. It's a rough go. I wonder if the uh, the tickets are selling briskly for when the Pistons will play the Spurs. Sometime in early January, I looked this up. That's got to be a sellout. Well, if both uh, maybe both will still have their streaks going, and then... One of them has to end. Man, 20-game losing streak and a 17-game losing streak. Last night in the National Football League, two games that went down to the wire. The New York Giants beat the Green Bay Packers 24-22 as Randy Bullock kicked the 37-yard field goal at the buzzer. Saquon Barkley, a couple of touchdown runs for the Giants. But the story has been Tommy DeVito. 17 of 21, a buck 58 a touchdown, 10 rushes for 71 yards, 
and a agent that was on hand, his agent, right out of Central Casting in Hollywood. I I am so blown away by Tommy DeVito. Like those first couple of games he played, like when he played against the Cowboys, like I was like, dude, this dude can't play in the NFL. Like, like it's the dude just right now he's like that. Some of the throws he's making, like that one touchdown, like that's unbelievable last night, the throw he made in the back corner of the end zone. Like it's, I don't know. And the celebration, the the, the celebration is like my, maybe my favorite celebration <laughs> in the history of sports. Like, no, like I just love that the, his family, they are, and with the agent, like they are, pl- like this is true Italian stuff right here. Like this is, I'm, I'm waiting for him to like score a touchdown and pull out some like spaghetti and stuff as part of his celebration. Like this dude is, he is playing into it, but I don't, like I am, I am blown away by the fact that he has now won three games and how good he actually looks on, on this after what he looked like the first couple of games. I didn't think that dude could possibly win a football game. Yeah, we're, and we're now quick. here he is. Yeah, but we're quick to rush to judgment. We all do it. I did it as well. I was like, DeVito, he doesn't even look like he belongs in the National Football League. Well, they're signed for a reason because they have something that these teams like. They don't always materialize. But look at Justin Fields now starting to play really, really well. Jordan Love looks good. How about Will Levis? I'm going to get into that in just a second. So you never know. Again, do they have lasting power as far as their uh, their skills are concerned? Is it just uh, you know a one-hit wonder with some of these quarterbacks and some of these players? You never know, but you got to give them a little bit of time to develop. It's just like Bryce Young. Give the guy time. Give him some players. Give him some protection on the offensive line and then see what he could do. By the way, speaking of spaghetti, you said you want to put spaghetti in the celebration. Tomorrow, mobster movies. Five favorite things for tomorrow. Your five favorite mobster movies. It could be that great uh, Goodfellas and that Goodfellas scene where they were eating a little Italian food around the, uh, the dinner table with Pesci's mother. Or it could be anything as far as cartel is concerned. Um, anything like the cartel movies, um, Scarface, things of that nature. Five favorite mobster movie, movies, for a, a lack of better term. The uh, the last time an Italian quarterback came in and emergency starts, he was terrible, and he turned out to be terrible. I didn't have to give him any time. Ben DiNucci was Benny DiNucci. He was terrible, looked terrible. That's who Tommy DeVito looked like in his first like, yes. start. He looked like Ben DiNucci. Somehow he has turned out to not be Ben DiNucci. But, Gar- guys are- but Garoppolo's another Italian. He's good, right? There's some good Italian quarterbacks. The um, and I need to apologize. Hey, listen, I I I I will never doubt Brandon Lang and his girl again. I thought she was just going New York homerism with the Jets and the Giants. It was, again. She was. She was. Couldn't have been more spot on. And I know I got a, a tweet from somebody that played the parlay of all of the picks of three of his picks and. Nailed all of them, obviously. Won the parlay. Good good for that person. Uh, so the Titans last night, just a crazy, crazy game. They beat Miami 28-27 to improve to 5-8 and eight and drop Miami to 9-4. and four. Pretty devastating loss for Miami, although they're still in the lead in the AFC East. Tyreek Hill got hurt in that game with an ankle injury but did return. However, at the end of the game, he wasn't in on that final drive. The Titans commit two turnovers in about a minute span and looks like they just gave away the game that it was over at that point just two knucklehead plays but they come back two great drives led by will levis and they win at 28 27 and then two with a chance to lead miami down to maybe a game-winning field goal they get the big sack landry was terrific 
I don't know. This is the NFL, and that's why I think it's so hard to win in the NFL. That's why Brandon Lang to give three winners is pretty amazing because you just never know. No, that's that game is bizarre. Because funny because when they, you know, the the Titans are getting the ball back in a thirteen thirteen game when they muff the punt. Like at that point, they can like if you had the Titans plus thirteen and a half, you're like, good. There's no way they could possibly in five minutes lose this. They're getting the ball back in a thirteen thirteen game. Then, bam, bam. <laughs> Two minutes later, you're now losing your bet. You're not, right. like, what is going on here? What the hell just happened? I was I was up 13 and a half points just a minute ago. And then for them to come back and win it, and I know people, they they went for two on the first touchdown, which a lot of coaches love to do. Worked out beautifully for them. That's why coaches do that. Gives you the opportunity to win the game in regulation. It was the first time, first team to win in regulation after trailing by at least 14 with under three minutes to go since 1976. Jeez. I wonder what uh, what is it called when the ESPN puts up the, like, you have, they have a 90% chance to win, 95% chance to win. They always put that stuff up. I forget what it's called. I wonder what it was when the Titans had the lead with six minutes to go. And then when the Dolphins got the lead, I wonder what it was because they were wrong every single time. Just a, an amazing game. Great win for Will Levis and the Titans. I don't know if Will Levis is the long-term answer at quarterback for the Titans, but, man, he was good last night. I 100% the tit- thought the Titans scored too quickly. I was like, dude, they, they, so did I. they left the Dolphins way too much time. Like All they need is a field goal. They're going to go get a field goal out of this, but credit the Titans' defense for going to stop him. Mean, the, the job they did against that Dolphins' offense, right. even with Tyreek Hill banged up, and that's still pretty darn good offense. And, I mean, other the two turnovers were the only two offensive touchdowns they got. The first touchdown came via defense, so um, very impressive. But when that punt returner bobbled the second punt, mm-hmm. dude, that if if he would have lost that one, he might as well just ran straight off. He would have been cut right there into the locker room. Grab your stuff. You're not. You're you're done. Call it a day. Two hours in the books coming up in hour number three. We'll talk with Zoe Goodson, the head men's basketball coach at Rhodes College. And Aaron Torres will join us from Fox Sports Radio. We'll get his thoughts on the Memphis News and the Naquan Tomlin signing, according to reports. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.